Welcome to Ride with Janice. Although this episode is a little different, we're calling it Interviews with Janice. Janice will be talking to Alejandro Salazar. He is an FEI jumping and dressage rider and USDF gold medalist specialising in the training and instruction of hunter, jumper and dressage horses and riders in the Gainesville, Ocala area in Florida. Before we hear that chat, we'd like to remind you that Ridermanship Rookie is now available on our website. If you enjoy Ride with Janice the podcast, this will take your riding further. You'll learn to improve your seat and position, learn how your body affects your horse, improve your riding and relationship with your horse. For all the details, head to our website, pilatesfordressage.com forward slash audio series. Now, on with the interview. Hey riders, Janice Dulac here, Pilates for Dressage, the training and support you need to turn your rides into moments. We're going to take a moment here today, and instead of riding, I want you to listen to this interview I'm having with my wonderful friend and trainer, Alejandro Salazar. I met him in March and have been training with him ever since because I feel felt a great connection with him. I felt like we had the same values, so I wanted to uh, share with you um, why I train with Alejandro. So welcome to this podcast, Alejandro. Glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I appreciate you inviting me, and I'm excited to talk about horses and training and what we're trying to do together. It's awesome. So... Um, Alejandro is an FEI rider, and um, and just I just love how he rides my horses, and I also love how he teaches me. But let's um, let's back up a little bit, and can you tell my uh, listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, when did you start riding, and how did you come to be in Ocala? Which I'm glad you are in Ocala. But thank you. Uh, so I was born and raised in Costa Rica, and as a kid, I lived in a ranch or you know, near a ranch. My, my family was a ranching family. And so we always had access to the ranch horses. And I, by the time I was five or six years old, I was riding the ranch horses around. My dad used to play polo as well. So I would ride his polo ponies, uh, during the match, they, they use a horse and the horse needs to be walked to be cooled down. And I was one of the, the ones that got to cool the horses down for my dad. At some point, we moved, when I was eight years old, we moved to San Jose, to the city, and away from the ranch. And so, as a way to keep me and my older brother in the saddle, because we both rode horses, my parents took us to take lessons at a riding school. And it just happened to be a dressage and jumping riding school. So, we ended up learning how to ride horses in an English tack and, and, uh, and the focus was primarily jumping, but a lot of our trainers were from European descent. And so dressage was also a, a big part of the training. We did some vaulting as well. It was a very kind of European training method. Um, and then, you know, I continued to ride while I was in Costa Rica. Uh, by the time I was 15, my family moved to Mexico City, and so we brought a couple of jumpers with us to Mexico, and we rode in Mexico and competed at a pretty high level in the jumping world in Mexico. And then we moved to Southern California and lived, I ended up living in California for over 20 years. I started my, my horse training business in California, and, uh, 
had a great business where I was doing dressage and jumping horses. I had personal horses that I was competing, and I was doing a lot of competing with with client horses. Uh, I was teaching a lot of lessons and taking clients through the levels and uh, both in jumping and dressage. At some point, our family decided that we wanted to make a little change, and so we uh, sold our facility. I used to have a, a training and, and boarding facility in California. We sold the facility and we moved to Gainesville for, for several reasons, but one of, them, one of them being the proximity to Ocala and the fact that Ocala is a world capital in the world and it's a horse capital. And so we, uh, we d- decided to move here and kind of I restarted my business here I've met some great people. I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of a lot of good people and a lot of quality horses after moving here. Uh, we love it here. We really we love the 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 horse world, but we love everything else about the area. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing how how things go. Uh, we've been here for a year, and we're looking forward to the future. Well, I'm glad you're here, and a lot of other people are glad you're here. So. Um, so I'm glad you got here by hook or by crook anyways. Um, so I'm curious, um, you must have some influential rider, uh, trainers, I'm sorry. And I'm wondering who they are and why they are influential. Why do you ride with these people? So the most influential trainer in my life is a lady named Rachel Saavedra. Rachel Saavedra is an FEI trainer, has trained many horses to Grand Prix. Um, she's also faculty member with USDF. Uh, she has led the effort in the trainer certification programs for a long time. Um, and Rachel and I met, oh, maybe a little over 20 years ago. And we started working together at clinics. But we immediately clicked because we have a very similar mentality about training. We want to prioritize the development of the basics we want to make sure that the horse understands what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And I have a very technical brain, and I feel like Rachel does too. And she likes to really break things down and look at all the small details and the, all the small parts that make up the training process. And I really appreciate that about her. And I, I feel like I get a lot out of working with her. Uh, I've also had a chance to work with a lot of other really good trainers. In California, I was able to ride with Conrad Schumacher on a regular basis. And, you know, he's a legend in the sport. And I've learned a lot from working with him. And more recently, since moving to Ocala to to Florida, I've had a chance to ride with Gary Rockwell on a regular basis. And he's also, you know, an amazing teacher. He did a lot of training and riding himself. He really has a good understanding uh, he's also an upper-level judge, so he, he has that perspective to, to bring to the table. And I feel lucky that I've been able to work with him more recently, and he's really helped me reach another level in my writing and, and with, my, with my future goals in my, in my dressage mm-hmm. career. Well, that's great. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting Rachel. I know you've talked about her, so I hope you bring her to Ocala so I can meet her and ride with her. But I'm really happy riding with you anyways. Um, I'm curious. So a lot of us who are trying to ride, we have physical challenges. So I'm curious, um, 
what was the hardest physical challenge that you ever faced as a rider, and how did you overcome that? Uh, I feel like I've had quite a few challenges, um, primarily while I've been recovering from injuries. Unfortunately, uh, I have had a series of injuries, not really all horse-related. A couple of things were horse-related, but I'm also just a very active person, and I'm always doing kind of high-adrenaline activities uh, like snowboarding or wakeboarding or or uh, mountain biking and just things that put you a little bit at risk. And so I've had a few injuries along the way, and riding has always been a priority for me, and I've always tried to rehab and to come back from from injuries in the best way possible, trying to avoid developing bad habits, trying to keep myself uh, very honest about what I'm doing in the training, what I'm doing in the riding, how it's affecting the horse, and recognizing if I have weaknesses or if I have some pain for some time, that those things don't start creeping in and creating problems for me in my riding. That's that's really smart, right? I think a lot of us ride with pain and that's going to affect how they ride, right? Because you'll start to favor one side or do some compensation. So that was really smart. That's a really smart way to think about that. Great. So how how do you spend your time in Ocala? You've been here about a year. Um, are you teaching a lot? Are you training a lot of horses? What I have quite a few horses that I ride. So I, I travel around. Um, I have a base facility, but I only have one horse in training there. Everyone else that I work with is remote. So I travel to their house or wherever they board their horse. And I do a combination of, of riding and teaching. Um, I love riding and I feel like I developed as a rider. And so I've always had a little bit of, uh, of more comfort as a rider. However, I've been teaching for a long time and I put a lot of effort into being a better teacher, learning how to teach and communicate ideas clearly. Uh, I feel like teaching has made me break things down in a way that has improved my understanding because I had to explain those things to somebody else. And so I really appreciate the teaching. Also, as we get older, we can't do as many horses a day. And so <laughs> teaching lessons is a great way for me to be involved and be part of other people's progress. And it's a little bit easier physically for myself. Uh, but so, yeah, I do a combination of, of teaching and, and writing. And then, you know, we try to do fun things. There's so many fun things to do around this area. We love going to the Springs. We love the World Equestrian Center and all the activities that happen there that keep you involved in the horses and get allows you to see amazing riding and, and, and amazing horses and riders. And uh, just the opportunity to explore the East Coast after coming from, from California. This is a whole new world and we love getting out and seeing, you know, looking around. I'm curious, as a trainer, since you do train, I know you're training a couple of my horses, and um, what are your goals for the horses that you're training? Because I know a lot of people will train to show. You know, they just want to get that horse and get the movements done so they can show and they can, you know, move up the levels fast and things like that. So my main focus is the basics. 
It's the Love it's that. it's the the main thing that I think about. I feel like the horses do so much better, and really the whole thing is so much more fun when you're working together. And in order to work together, you have to have a language that you both speak that then you can communicate with. And so, you know, I've done a lot of young horses over the years. And my main priority there is to teach the horse how to learn, to go through the process of explaining to the horse what happens when they give you the response that you're looking for and how they get reward, how they get release, how their life gets easier and more comfortable when they figure out how to work with you and how to give you what it is that you're looking for. And so that is the the main thing that I focus on. And then really, if you have that as a solid foundation, then all the other work gets layered on top of that. And all of a sudden you realize that your horse is capable of doing a lot of fancy tricks, but really the reason why they're able to do the fancy tricks is because they have such a good understanding of the basics that you can position their body wherever it is that you want. You can ask them to carry themselves how you want. You know, they're very accessible at that point because there's no tension, there's no misunderstanding. It's, it's all about just communicating clearly with each other. Yeah, and I see that in your riding, I guess I can say harmonious. I never see anything rough hand, you know, there's no rough handling, there's no sharp aids. It's all, um, you have a, you're masterful at contact. And that was, it's another piece I did, I'm not really bringing up today, but that's what I love in the transitions. You do so many transitions and, um, and they become more and more seamless. It's always beautiful to see. Yeah, you know, I, I do think that, You have to be very clear with the horses. You have to be... The best thing that you can do with a horse is to tell them clearly what it is that you want, and then they're going to be able to give you the right response, right? Horses do exactly what we say. It's just that a lot of times we're not that clear about what we say. And so the more clear you can be, the better response you're going to have from the horse. Ideally, the whole thing works very harmoniously, but the most important thing is the clarity, right? If the horse understands clearly what you're looking for, they have a much better chance of giving you the right answer. Absolutely. So then as a teacher, what are your goals for your students? I feel like they're very similar goals. You know, really, uh, it's the understanding of the basics and the development of the basics. If you have good basics, you can layer anything else on top of it the development of the of the language to talk to the horse right and so one of the one of the difficult things uh in this sport is that a lot of times you have combinations of green riders and green horses and that makes it challenging because the horse doesn't have already a clear understanding of what the aids mean and the rider doesn't know exactly how to apply the aids and so it can create some confusion, right? The, the ideal situation is to have a green rider on a more educated horse because then the rider can really focus on developing their conversation with the horse, on developing their language, on, on recognizing how their body influences what the horse does and how the horse responds. And so, you know, 
just like I want the horse to be very clear on the conversation I have with him when I'm learn when I'm dealing with a young horse, a, a greener rider, the first thing that needs to happen is they need to develop the ability to quietly, subtly communicate to the horse what it is that you're looking for. And then the horse is going to be happy to work with you and happy to allow you to push them to places to develop the horse, you know, through the, through the stages of training. And um, as a teacher, do you see, you see a, a lot of students and a lot of different levels of students. Um, do you see any common troubles or mistakes they make? And I know you just sort of mentioned one that many of us, um, uh, we can't afford a trained horse. And so we're a little bit of a greener rider. And now it's a, it's, it's a bad combination. I've been there before. But do you see other common uh, mistakes that maybe riders make that you uh, tell us about? The, the bigger challenge is having the mentality be about the development of the basics and the, and the, and the development of a good foundation. And unfortunately, the way that dressage has been structured with the different levels, uh, which I love, by the way, I think that I think that the people that develop the levels have done a fantastic job at giving us a roadmap on how to develop a horse from a green horse through to the upper levels. However, because that is the structure of the sport, it becomes too much the focus of the sport. Mm. And people start to be too preoccupied with what level they're at and how they're going to move to the next level, as opposed to what each level is supposed to bring and what they're supposed to get out of each level, right? And so really, the levels are there to tell you what aspects you need to master before you move to the next level. And I feel like the focus should be on mastering the the foundation instead of moving to the next level as quickly as possible. So, you know, if, if I could give any advice, it would be to slow down and focus on the more basic foundation work. If you do that, you're actually going to get to the higher levels quicker. That's a great way to look at, at it. It's true. We all want to just, okay, I've done, you know, I've done first level. I want to go to the second level. I've done second level. I want to go to third level. And I know for myself, there's a lot of holes in my training because I had a little bit of that mentality. So that's a great um, way to explain that and help us like slow down and, and realize um, as I do in Pilates, the basics are everything. Um, what do you think is a key ingredient? I, you probably just said it <laughs> to be a successful rider and yeah. And what is your best advice for moving up the levels? I think you kind of just told us that basically. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I mean really consistency, not, we all tend to be so self-critical and I think that's another big Part of it is realize that this is not a perfect system and sometimes things are not going to go perfectly and, you know, you don't need to fix it today. Give yourself a break. Think about how things are going. Come up with a plan of how you're going to approach getting to the place where you want and then and then allow yourself the time that it takes. You know, it takes us 
a long time to develop habits. It takes the horse a long time to develop understanding and the strength that they need to do this, the things that we're asking for. And so I often tell people, reevaluate every three months. You know, I think three months is a good amount of time to see if you're making progress in the direction that you want or if you're not. And, and, you know, the other thing that I have to say is don't forget that this is supposed to be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, 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 we all become so wrapped up in it. We put so much pressure on ourselves and we put ourselves down if we're not reaching the goals that we want. But really, the most important thing is it's supposed to be fun. We put a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of emotion into this sport. And so the least we can do is give ourselves a pat on the back and realize that we're doing the best that we can and we should enjoy the things that we are able to accomplish. That's great advice. I love that. Um, so now in Ocala, what are, um, what are your goals for you? Have, you have personal horses. And so what are you working on for them? What are your goals? So my main horse right now is a horse named Georg Gamay, but his barn name is Jorge. And Jorge is an 11-year-old Dutch horse that I was able to purchase from somebody in California. And it's taken us a few years to really come together and work well together. Uh, Jorge has been a little bit of a challenging horse. He's a spooky horse, and, and he's a big, strong horse. But we're in a great place now, and we're just about ready to make our debut in the pre-St. George, um, which I'm super excited about. You know, I've had a chance to ride some really nice horses in the past in the FEI levels, but uh, I've really been excited about Jorge because Jorge is a really quality horse. He has the ability to be really pretty phenomenal, Um, and... And I have big goals for him. Uh, being from Costa Rica, I have the opportunity to ride internationally for Costa Rica. And so right now I am ramping up to participate in some CDIs at the end of this year and the beginning of next year, hopefully getting some qualifying scores for the Pan Am Games in uh, 2023 in Chile. And, you know, if everything ends up working out the way we're hoping then we'll be going to Chile and participating in the Pan Am Games and representing Costa Rica. That's very exciting. And I know I've seen you ride Jorge. He's gorgeous. And you guys make a great team. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope some of my listeners can see why I train with Alejandro and kind of see the parallels in in how I think and how he thinks. And that's what makes... um, me stick with him as a trainer and um, trust him implicitly with my horses. Um, How can my listeners find out more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have um, some way they Facebook page? What do you have? Yeah. So I have a website. Uh, It has an homage to my Costa Rican roots. In Costa Rica, there's an expression that is commonly used that is pura vida, And it's literally translated to mean pure life, but it really means good life. Uh, It's a little bit like the like the Hawaiian aloha. And uh, when I named my horse business, I wanted to have a little bit of Costa Rica in it. So the name of my business is Rancho Pura Vida. 
and my website is ranchopuravida.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a personal page, Alejandro Salazar, and I have a Facebook page, and the Facebook page is called Pura Vida Sport Horse. You can find me there. Um, but always through my website, the Rancho Pura Vida website, you can send me an email, and I would be happy to hear from anyone and answer any questions or help you out in any way that I can. That's great. And do reach out to him. He does travel. He does do clinics. And although um, hopefully he doesn't go away from Ocala too much. So thank you again for joining us. And until next time, Janice Dulek, Pilates for Dressage. Thanks for joining us on Ride with Janice, the interview edition. If you'd like to follow up on any of the links you heard and how to get in contact with Alejandro, please be sure to read our show notes. We can't wait to bring you more interviews with Janice throughout the season. This episode was brought to you by Ridermanship Rookie, the very first of our audio series, three 30-minute long audio lessons that you'll enjoy while riding your horse. Ridermanship Rookie is designed to start you on your journey, make improvements to your strength, stability and riding. It's a low-cost, low-risk, toe-dipping into the world of Pilates for dressage and ridermanship. Simply head to our website, pilatesfordressage.com forward slash audio series. Until next episode, bye for now.